You're listening to Adjuster Talk with Jason Heenan. Usually, if you let people just go for a few minutes. Mm -hmm. Let them go. Write down a few things. You know, they may be telling you about the incident or just whatever's going on with them. And it's never about you. It's whatever's going on in their outside life. And they're upset about whatever the claim is or whatever the incident is. They're projecting it onto you. So just listen. Let them know you're sorry. Let them know you're trying to help them the best way possible. And make it as easy for them as you can. Welcome to Adjuster Talk, your go-to podcast for all things insurance adjusting by Jason Heenan of Royal Adjusting Services, a leader in the U.S. claims adjusting landscape. We're here to delve into the dynamic world of independent adjusters and share insights and industry trends that matter to aspiring and seasoned insurance adjusters. At Royal, we handle the full spectrum of claims and catastrophes, specializing in residential property claims. Our mission? to provide a better, faster, more cost-effective claims experience, improving outcomes one customer at a time. So whether you're an independent adjuster looking to join a leading team or an insurance agency seeking unparalleled service, Adjuster Talk is your window into professional claims adjusting. Today, I am visiting with my friend, Shamika Bowens, a claims adjuster. Hey, Shamika. Hello, Jason. How are you today? I am doing very well, and uh, you are the second lady to be on Adjuster Talk. Go, ladies. That's what's up. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're st- like, I'm stoked to have you. Can you tell everyone why we're doing a show together? Well, I'm here with Jason and a part of the CE class I'm attending today. And he was nice enough and kind enough to invite me to, you know, do the podcast. And I appreciate the opportunity. All right. Very good. Very good. Uh, How long have you been adjusting insurance claims? Right now, it's about 16 years. I started in 2002 and I've been doing it for 16 years. Very, very interesting. And are you a staff adjuster or are you an independent adjuster? Um, just an auto claims adjuster. We are licensed through the company I work for, what have you. So um, we're not independent. Okay, very good. And and uh, I'm just making that division clear mm-hmm. because I receive a lot of inquiries on LinkedIn and especially my Facebook. Usually when a lady emails me, it's because she's looking for advice as to whether to become a staff adjuster or an independent adjuster. So I think that's important that we're talking right now. What about being a staff adjuster is and was attractive to you when you started? Well, when you're outside being a staff adjuster, you have a lot more leeway, a lot more freedom outside, you know, planning your day. You're not confined to being inside an office when you're a staff adjuster, typically. So uh, it appealed to you that you didn't have to assume the risk of getting on a roof or being chased out of a backyard by a dog. Of course, or getting under a car and getting messy and dirty, you know, what have you, or, you know, dealing with those attitudes face to face confrontation can occur when you're outside being a staff adjuster. Well, I completely agree with that. Uh, I used to work um, for Allied, which I don't even think it's a brand anymore. Nationwide scooped them up probably 15 years ago. Yes. If we had what I'm going to describe as an aggressive customer, we would always go two at a time. Right. It seemed to always take care of things. I even worked at a bank and sometimes we got into some cash issues uh, where maybe we had a disagreement with the customer, but we always power in numbers. It would be best that you do so. And on that initial call, before you go out, you can kind of tell who you're dealing with and what you're up against. So, you know, if you need to take someone with you, if you're dealing with that kind of aggressive customer, or what have you. 
So you already know on the phone when you tell them you're coming out, you know what you're getting. So it'd be best you be prepared for it before going out. Do you, uh, wow. You, you're speaking like you've been doing this for 16 years. <laughs> do you have a certain technique to deal with grumpy people or, or what, what do you do? Uh, I mean, other than, you know, dealing with grumpy family members, how do you deal with grumpy insurance? There's two different techniques, I'm sure. The first one is asking if they're okay. Letting them know that you do care about what's going on with them. Lots of times they just want to talk and tell you everything what's going on. So just give them that time to talk, give their spiel, tell them your situation, tell them they're sorry a couple of times, let them know that, you know, I'm sorry about this entire deal, you know, Mm -hmm. and just let them speak, let them talk. Once you explained everything to them, again, let them know you're sorry and let them know I'm trying to help you. You know, what can I do to help you? Those things typically kind of turn the situation over and they feel like, you know what? I do appreciate that. And lots of times you'll get that. I'm sorry over the phone. You know, they know they're grumpy. They're having a bad day. What you have to remember, it's not about you. Whatever is going on with them, it's not about you. Yeah, that was well said. I I have nothing to add (laughs) other than you're right. And anything that I say would be additional. There was, that was perfect. Thank uh, you, Jason. Usually, if you let people just go for a few minutes. Mm-hmm. Let them go. Write down a few things. You know, they may be telling you about the incident or just whatever's going on with them. And it's never about you. It's whatever's going on in their outside life. And they're upset about whatever the claim is or whatever the incident is. They're projecting it onto you. So just listen. Let them know you're sorry. Let them know you're trying to help them the best way possible and make it as easy for them as you can. You know, doing those little extra things means a lot. And lots of times, most of the time, they will tell you thank you. Oh, very, very good, guys. If we were selling um, pastries or that delicious chicken from um, Chick-fil-A, yes. you would make like eight or nine bucks an hour. Yeah. And then everyone smiles when they get the food, hey, right? You have to say, my pleasure. My, there you go. But in insurance, you don't get that smile after every transaction uh, like you do after a good drive through situation. Right. So that's why we make more money than. But they can hear it. They can hear it in your tone and your conversation where you're like, thanks for calling. How can I help you? <laughs> uh, thanks for calling, Jason. How can I help you today? For sure. I can hear the smile in your voice when you say that. You make, I make you think that, hey, I'm really engaging with you. I'm really caring about you. And I may be having a grumpy day too, but you don't hear that. And that's what's important. Amazing. Do you manage people? No, I don't. Well, you should. <laughs> I, I, whoever is uh, Shamika's manager, you need to uh, get out of the way. She's coming. It's a huge task, I tell you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Awesome. So 16 years, that puts us back at 2002. Yes. You were probably uh, a little younger then. Let me see. How old was I that week? Almost 20 years old, about a little over 20. And I had my first child and just looking for a career change, starting off at the post office. You know, wanted to. So you were at the post office then at 20? Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. And so I didn't want to do all that manual labor. You know, wanted to do something that would take me somewhere. And people, you always need insurance. That's Working at the hospital, postal workers, police officers, insurance, those are careers that you're always going to need. And so a friend of mine said, hey, let's try this. And we signed up and I've been doing it ever since. That is crazy. (laughs) So this is your career. For now, things change. I may have a new career one day. You never know. Let's stay optimistic. But for now, it is. I'm scared to ask you if you've enjoyed it. It hasn't been horrible. It hasn't. I really can't complain. It hasn't been. 
It's been a growing experience. I've learned a lot. Um, at my last job, I was there about 11 years and I learned to do all kinds of claims. And it gave me uh, really good connections and interactions and really taught me how to deal with different kinds of people. And that was important. I learned a lot from that. Isn't it crazy how different we all are and how different our needs are? And you know what? We're so much the same. People don't realize it. You think yeah. you're different, but you're really not. You have more in common with people than you think. But you, you know this because you ask people how they're doing and they tell you most people don't care how you're doing. Right. But if you think I care, it changes everything. Well, I think you do care. I have to care. (laughs) (laughs) Are you ready to elevate your career as an independent insurance adjuster? Visit adjuster-talk.com to download our exclusive guide, Five Ways to Improve Your Independent Adjusting Career. This essential resource contains insights and tips to enhance your professional journey. And remember, a polished presentation at a claim isn't just about knowledge. It's also about gear and attire. Royal Adjusting Service supports you in every way, ensuring you make the best impression every time. Don't wait to take your career to the next level. Head to adjuster-talk.com today and start transforming your future. Yeah, at year 15, you're considered by law an expert. Do you feel like an expert on insurance claims? I do. That's cool. And and probably an expert on people. You've seen the worst in people. I haven't. I've seen the best. I've seen the hard times they go through. And that's the most heartfelt challenge when you hear them, they're crying, they're upset. And you just want to really, as a human being, I want to do everything I can to help them because I would want the same. I would want someone to do everything they can to make my day better, to help me through this situation. Uh, fine words again. Well, well said there. Um, I usually, you know how you're thinking about yourself there. I usually think about my mom because I don't, you know. Of course. I, I, I feel like, uh, especially like, uh, and this is aside from claims, but like in traffic, when I'm getting upset at people, I'm like, right. oh, I, you know, I could be my mom mm-hmm. taking breakfast to somebody. And that's or, someone else's mom. For sure. For sure. And you know what? And that's whenever I dispatch a hot claim or a sticky claim or right. something I've been involved in right. and the um, homeowner, the claimant or the, uh, uh, you know, in auto, um, our, our vehicle owner, uh, if, if I have in a deep involvement with them, then of course I'll be like, Hey, adjuster, you need to treat this person differently. Right, than right, last. Right, but right. It should be that way on every claim, right? It should be that way. And you know, we're all going to need some help somewhere. Sometime, you know, what have you. So I feel like if I'm putting out this good vibe, helping people, I'm going to get it back in return. We need to get you in here and teach some CE on ethics then. That's what's up. That's what's up. All right. All right. So in 16 years, you said uh, you had one job that was 11 years and you saw all kinds of claims. Describe a few types of, uh, are you talking about different types of insurance or uh, what, what are you talking about in 11 years? What kind of claims did you handle? Well, different books of business, different lines of business. We did everything from auto claims, total losses, commercial vehicles with Inland Marine. We worked with farm equipment, farm animals. How fun. Okay. The farm animals was really crazy, but you know, people get paid when their farm animals die and things happen. To For them. sure. If you can see it outside and it's not ground, it is insured. It is insured and they want that insurance and they want their coverage. They need to get paid for it. So, yeah, um, business claims for personal property, thefts, all kinds of claims. So being there for 11 years, we did all kinds of claims. That's awesome. So our badass listeners, I should call them, they like stories. Do you have any good stories that you're willing to share here on the air about uh, maybe a claim that went amok or uh, maybe just an unusual circumstance? One of my last unusual circumstances um, was with a customer getting hit then hitting two cars 
Somebody fled the scene and it was just a true mess because we couldn't find the guy that fled the scene to clear our insured of any wrongdoing. And the police would oh, not. Oh, no. California. The police would not come out. So our insured was hit and then hit two other cars in the process that were parked. But everyone's mad at our insured, but he was hit by someone. The police would not come out to the scene and the person ran away. And it was the biggest mess ever because they wanted to pin everything on our policy. You're the only pocket in this situation, right? Exactly. And he had low limits. So he really couldn't afford to pay for all of this anyway. But finding him not at fault, we had to do a little bit more investigation and, you know, asking for video footage, witness statements, just trying to clear his name, you know. Just trying to help him, it sounds like. Well, yeah, to clear his name because everyone was terribly upset with him. No one wants to file, you know, file with their own carrier. So that was the thing, trying to clear his name. Can you tell me how it turned out or has it turned out yet? Um, It's still in process, but we're trying to gather um, witness statements, video footage, you know, to see if we can help clear that because the police would not come out. That would have helped everything, but they wouldn't come out. Just to get the data and take picture, better pictures of the scene and that kind of stuff. Because the guy stayed there for a moment who left the scene, but, you know, no investigation involved. So we have to in turn do our investigation (sighs) to the best of our ability on our end to help prove our insured case. So what's the best case scenario we're doing? I'm not familiar with um, California's comparative negligence laws or stance on comparative negligence. What's best case scenario for your uh, insured in this situation where he was hit and run and then as a domino effect, he struck two parked vehicles? If the video footage proves him otherwise, he'll be cleared of all liability. But if it shows that he lost control or he actually like had some negligence on it, he could be liable for, you know, part of their damages. So really that video footage and that statement is going to be very, very important and detrimental to his claim. But we'll see. Man, I don't even know what to say right there. <laughs> that's that's an interesting one. Um, God, I hate to say it now because you're so compassionate. There was a um, uh, farmer's rep out there uh, I was talking to a minute ago. Okay. And uh, she was telling me earlier on her career before she's with farmers that she actually had a California claim where they had a body in the trunk. I wouldn't be surprised. I would not be surprised. You would never know what happens with these claims. And at that point, sometimes it has to go to um, SIU, you know, like investigations mm-hmm. unit or what have you, because you're removed for it. It has to get a little bit more specialized when things like that happen. Yeah, I can't imagine. And can you imagine, like, getting that claim? Like, uh, hey, there's a new one in there. Right. Or fatality loss, you know, what have those you. Those are terrible. We get those in motorcycle accidents. That's when I'm really scared because, you know, nine times out of 10, they're hurt. And the question is, how hurt are you? You know, so those are kind of very concerning claims. Is that the type of claim you handle on a regular basis? We do get the calls for the motorcycle accidents. Yes. And so we have to transfer those over because they sometimes also need more special investigation. And, you know, you do get the fatality claims, you know, with things happen, you know. And I had one one time where the lady accidentally backed up and hit a kid. Oh, oh I, okay. Hey, Shamika, I think that happens regularly. It does, but she had a big truck, you know, in Texas. We buy, we drive big trucks. The biggest one I could find is one I bought. Okay. Yeah. So she couldn't see the poor kid behind her. He's riding around on the bicycle. She couldn't see him. When she told me that, it just broke my heart. Yeah. Uh, what have you. And, you know, pedestrian claims. Those are the ones you it's like really concerned about the outcome of the person. Oh, okay. Well, I'm going to share a story then here. Uh, we had a homeowner. Um, down in Austin mm-hmm. with the big truck. Okay. And um, it, it's unfortunate there was a fatality of a child. Right. But our insured, uh, I'm sorry, our insured did not own the vehicle. Mm-hmm. Our insured owned the little scooter 
that was laying in the front yard. Okay. And neighbor or a neighborhood seven-year-old child mm-hmm. um, found the scooter laying in the yard. And you know what happened? He got out and he played in traffic. Right. And of course, uh, same thing. I think an F-250 got him. Okay. Right? right. And uh, that's a terrible, terrible situation. It is. There is no winner anywhere to be found. There's not. Even if the lawyers get involved, right. all they're winning is money. There's a dead child. There is. And it's on that person's conscience forever. You have to live with that. You have to live with that. And that's the hardest thing as a person. It wasn't intentional by any means, but you oh, have no. to live with that. All no. the money in the world is not going to replace that or bring that kid back. No, that's a loss. It's that's a, a genuine. That's a genuine loss. Unindemnifiable loss. For that loss. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there you go. I don't know how I got lost on these terrible <laughs> auto stories, but there's so many of them out there. And I, I, you know, those are close to home. I have four children. Okay. Ranging from the ages of uh, my baby. She is six. And then my oldest uh, turns 11 in a few days. And I think uh, you said you have a um, uh, son that's about to turn 18th on the 20th. You want to give him a shout out? Yes, Mr. Donovan. I am just so proud of you as a mother and congratulations on all of your accomplishments for this senior year and happy birthday coming up on Saturday. What are you going to do with a new adult in the house? Oh my God. You know, we just had a little heartfelt talk last night and he just brought me to tears. He's a good kid. I can honestly say he's a good kid. He hasn't get in trouble or anything like that. And he's doing really good. His main thing right now is signing up for college and scholarships, you know, getting ready for school, financial aid, all of that. So I'm terribly proud. of. Him. So, all right. That, that's a great question. This is a, going in a great place because if he just turned 18, that means he was born in 2000. He was which was uh, a year after I graduated high school. <laughs> How has adjusting lent to being, uh, I don't know, your family chemistry or how it's laid out. How has raising a child been and being uh, an insurance adjuster? Well, you're more protective. And I know he just received his license and learner's permit. He went to driver's ed and I wanted him to fully get the full experience that I did with adjusting, being cautious, being careful, knowing the rules of the road, you know, being responsible. So I felt that I was a little nervous because I get these claims and I know these accidents with the teenagers on the phone, the texting, the not paying attention. So I really wanted him to engage in that and go to the driver's ed. And um, his teachers had really good remarks. I can tell he's a lot more cautious and everything versus the driving lessons I was trying to give him to show him, you know, mm-hmm. and it really paid off. He's doing really great. So he'll be getting his license after his birthday. Well, congratulations on uh, successfully keeping another human alive for 18 okay, years. Okay, because it's hard. Guys eat a lot. Oh, and get into just, you know, the silliest situations. You do. You, do. you guys do. You really do. <laughs> I don't know what else to I say about I wouldn't trade them for anything. Oh, I don't. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> so that's great then. So you were able to raise raise him and and um, it sounds like you were able to take some things from uh, adjusting as far as your understanding of risk mm-hmm. and liability. And you you're so compare him to his one of his friends. Dry. Have you ridden with one of his friends? Oh, gosh, no. And he doesn't understand how I have to account for him and his friends. If he tells me he's driving, he's going to work them. I have to know, do they have a license? Do they have insurance? I want to know these things because everyone that's driving on the road does not necessarily have a license and their parents may let them do those irresponsible things, but I don't. So I want him to be conscious of that when he's getting in the car with people and don't, you know, text and drive and all of that. I want him to be conscious of that. 
Very good. And I hope he is because there's plenty of people not getting coached. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I, I tell his friends, if they come over, don't text and drive. Stay off that phone. Do you have a license? I ask those mommy questions. I need to know. Well, everyone's going to tell you yes. There's no one else asking those I questions. I to see this license. Good for you. But, you know, most of the people he hangs around with, it's not a bad crowd. Good, responsible people. If you surround yourself with good people, you have a good outcome. Good things will happen. I'm listening to you real close because I... <laughs> We're turning the corner on all that very, very soon. We'll see. How, do you have any other kids? No, that's it. It's my one son. Okay. Well, see, you have, it sounds like you've made it, a one-in-one chance of this guy, you know, going out and going, I have four kids. Something bad is going to happen. We're, we have we're, we have one at least going to jail, at but least look, one. But you have three others that are going to be very that's- late. <laughs> All right. All right. Fair enough. That's a good point. That's yes. a good point. My mom said have more than one. That way something good going to come out of those four or five kids or something. There's going to be some great ones in there. Oh, she sounds like a good person. She wasn't she a claim to dresser. Oh, right? no, she was not. She had four kids and she knew that one of them may stray, but the others would be all right. Did one of them stray? Yes, yes, yes. My brother, you know, you guys always do what you want to do and grow up later. If we, If ever. If ever, but he's doing good now. He is. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So now we're in 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have any other plans of starting another career right now. Is that correct? No, unless we win that lottery, you know, that's kind 900 of- 900 We can really get some career opportunities I, going here. I promise I, There's you. enough people in that room. If we could get five bucks a piece, I have, our, I have our tab together. We can work this out. All right. Well, we need to figure that out. We need out. to figure it out. And soon, class will be over soon. What about the happy hour? Anybody? I, I don't know. Um, some of us live on the southern side of Dallas, so mm-hmm. we'll have to see, you know, with traffic, which was great this morning, by the way. But, you know, they may be going. We need to I'm gauging my interest right now. I'm telling Oh, my gosh. We got, you know, these these things, uh, these big events that we do take a lot of setting right. up. And, mm-hmm. I mean, I have just this week, this will, you know. I have at least 20 hours wrapped up in this right. thing. But it'll be over today. It'll be over soon. That's right. Get you some rest. I'm not can... complaining. I love my job. I love promoting. <laughs> but uh, all right. So my my uh, my uh, statement that you have no uh, current uh, other than the lottery, which is a good plan. I yes, love the lottery. The best plan ever. Um, what's next for you in claims? Are you are you happy where you're at? Are you going to management? What are you doing? What What is next for Shamika? Have you had time to think about it even? With- I do think about it. You know, I feel that once my son goes off to college, there's no telling what will be going on with me. I may be able to do management or something different because mm-hmm. I'll be able to have the time to do longer hours and things of that nature. Right now, he's my total priority. Sure. Senior year, so many things going on. Money, every time you look up. So... Going forward, I may, you know, be a little bit more interested and able to do those things, you know. I think it's silly that you're not already <laughs> uh, doing those things. Uh, I would recommend, uh, not that you have solicited my advice. Okay. Um, never, ever stop training. All right. Yeah, while your son's in school, you should be in school. Right, I could. I should be in school. You want to go back? I want to teach. I want to do something I love, Jason. I really want to do something I love. I would love, honestly, to open a nonprofit organization. That was that's my dream. Well, there's uh, plenty of opportunity for that, and uh, I know grant writing isn't that complicated it's uh, not. to apply for those. The main thing is keeping the funds available, sponsors, you know, people giving to keep it open. You know, that's the main thing because you don't want to have a great organization and not have the funds available to help people. Sure. 
that's going to be what's going to hurt me when I have to turn someone away or we're going out of business. But I'd be terrible. I can't. Oh, my gosh. But it would be so much so fulfilling, self-fulfilling. And I think that's the kind of job everyone wants to be happy with something you want to go to work and do every day. I met a man uh, one time in Scottsdale in the early 2000s mm-hmm. and he was, I don't know, six, eight or six, nine. He was a giant man. Gosh. And um, he was in his thirties. And of course, everyone wanted to know what his shoe size was mm-hmm. and if he could dunk <laughs> and, you know, all the crazy, like tall guy questions. Right. And uh, I, you know, I didn't want to ask those because I, you know, like Matt Fabish is six, seven or six, eight. Uh, yeah. He's a house. Yes, he is. I thought I was going to say six, five. Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's just enormous. Yeah. But if you, you know, people walk around and ask him how tall he is, like all the time. So anyway, I want to talk to this guy about the other stuff. You know, what do you do for your career? And so he used to play for the Cavaliers. Played for the Cavaliers for three years and retired to run a nonprofit right. of his own. Mm-hmm. Um, his wife suffered from um, some sort of slow degenerative disease, you know, whether it was the spine or nervous system. It was something terrible, but right. not so terrible where it was um, where he couldn't go out and, and raise money to okay. research. Right. Okay. He said he was making, not that it's about money, right? but he was making like three times the money he made in the NBA and helping tens of people. Right. And that's, he's getting blessed from that, you know, because he's making money and he's also being able to take care of his household, his family at the same time and still do those wonderful things. And he feels great about it. I know he does. For sure. And there's another thing, like I'm going to address this right now. I think... It is. It's not my opinion. It is fact that it's okay just to make money to make money. It is. It is okay to have resources to back up your ideas and plans of the future. Right. Right. It is protection, in my opinion. Right. And that's why there's all these crazy advertisements during every golf game and basketball game about saving money for retirement. Right. Money is safety in my it opinion. It is. And it is. And it's important. You have to have it. And once you get used to a certain way of living, being comfortable, mm-hmm. it's hard to take a step back and say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be happy with doing this, but I'm not going to make the same money. That's a hard thing. You have to make personal adjustments in your household and with yourself. Yeah, oh, you're amazing. Your kid's going to be awesome. Too. <laughs> is this kind of stuff you tell him? Oh, yes. He knows. He knows. He's he's a good kid. You know, and he does. And he listens. Of- I think he does. And I can tell when he talks to his friend, he kind of sounds like an older person. So I think he's listening. Oh, he's the mature of the two then? <laughs> he is. He is. Awesome, Shamika. All right. Do you have any advice for our listeners uh, who are generally 20 to 35 years old and looking to improve their life? They're looking for um, a new opportunity. Right. Don't be scared to take a chance. If there's something different and you've never done it before and, you know, it's going to provide you with the way of living you need to, you know, you're comfortable with having, go for it. Try it. If you have to go back to school, it's okay. You know, just don't be afraid to go ahead and try. There are a lot of resources to help you go back to school, you know, and and financial ways to help you accomplish those things. But don't be afraid to try and do something different. Just so well-spoken, Shamiga. So well-spoken. Thank you. All right. Shamika Bowens, friend of Adjuster Talk, friend of Royal Adjusting Services, joined us today at our uh, continuing education event. Shamika, you've been an awesome guest, and I appreciate you spending your uh, uh, very precious time and uh, your uh, well-spoken and arranged words with me today. Thank you so much, and I appreciate the opportunity, Jason. You bet.
Would you like to give out an email address or a social media in case anyone wants to get a hold of you, or do you want me to just give out mine? Um, you can use mine. It's Miko955 at gmail.com. Can you spell out that first part again? Sure. M is in Mary, E-K-O, 955 at gmail.com. This is a great show for the lady listeners. There are so many of you guys, and you ask so few questions compared to the boneheaded boys. So uh, shoot the uh, questions over to Jay Heenan at Royal Adjusting Services. I will do what I can, and if not, I will extend questions to Shamika. So Shamika, thanks again. Thank you for uh, the opportunity. I appreciate it. That's it this week for Adjuster Talk, folks. Thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in to Adjuster Talk. If you're inspired to join the ranks of skilled, independent adjusters or an insurance agency looking for top-notch claims handling, your next step is clear. Reach out to Jason at Royal Adjusting Services. We're adjusting claims and setting new standards for customer satisfaction and efficiency. Join us in our mission to deliver exceptional service in every claim, every time. Contact Jason today at royaladjustingservices.com and discover how you can be part of the royal difference. Your journey in claims excellence starts here.